Well, I think every, it's a crazy time for everybody, right? That's not a, you're not the only one experiencing crazy. this, right? But it's especially crazy for me, am I right? I you failed know, every to understand three, every, every three months, Ryan, I just go buck wild for like three weeks. I'm talking about Path of Exile release schedule. Yeah, okay. So that's really Once what's holding Path me back of here. Exile release schedule comes out my my sleep schedule changes my the the amount at which i show up at the office changes uh, that's a committed the worker which right I there speak to people changes everything changes yeah once that path of exile expansion comes out completely say reset. expansion but is it really an expansion i don't know i feel like the path of exile they're they're like on a to, to a non-observer, I feel like Path of Exile expansions are, are like a, a, the outsider, the layman, um, or lay woman, or lay it, or lay she, she, other. Um, it is a, um, a rather minor thing, but uh, it, it definitely is to the initiated a large, large addition, like a... a like more of like a wow expansion you know like an mmo expansion that is a drop everything you're doing for the next month to play this at least you know yeah so i want to get into that but i want to start with things that the lay people can understand and there's i feel so like the first yeah. thing first thing i can tell you is that this is what's the deal with games the week of december 13th provided we're recording be with you then we are then we must be recording. So, uh, happy, happy holidays. Happy. You know, we're Hanukkah. late on, uh, I, I have, you, this is sneaking up on us, but we are like actually due for game of the year stuff. You know that, right? Oh yeah. You want to, you want to just start getting not, into Not to it? mention, not weeks. to mention we're not even do. It's not even because we, the, for, if we go by what we're doing we last weeks, it's not 15 more weeks, two more weeks. Okay. But we need to do a. I, I we need to do what we did last year and do an awards show and we need to do what we another thing we did last year and that is one of my favorite things of the whole year and that is counting the going off reading from January to December the game releases in order talking about you know their current state how they turned out were we excited or whatever you know everything surrounding them um and then also this is the first year where we need to do a board game award show and i've been thinking up of the awards and uh possible nominees for that so how do you want to so so let's get into one of those now obviously the list of things wild. off we're, we're not ready for that but i think that we might be able to do predictions this um, week we well predictions usually come after all this if we're following if we're another thing if we're following quorum then predictions are the final aspect of our game of the year well, then I, I think that what we're actually going to have to do, Ryan, some inside baseball for the listeners here, you're going to have to maybe come by one day and, and we just maybe do it live. That could be doable. We just possibly just do it live and just do a whole bunch of talking. whole bunch of rapping. But for now, if that's not on the table for tonight, let us just talk about what we've been playing. Yes. And it's crazy. A, a lot of stuff has happened, surprisingly. Yeah, I know. A lot it, of stuff has happened. And it feels like longer. I'm sure it feels longer to the listeners because they haven't heard me ramble on about Temtem yet. Um, and they will soon, whenever that podcast drops. Uh, it's We are getting backed up. But um, 
uh, there it feels like there there has been a a good amount of stuff. Yeah, I've been playing that. Uh, have you have you heard of this one? We have uh, to start Super with this, Smash right? Brothers yeah, we have Ultimate. to start with it. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I have been playing uh, it. Uh, I my 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 schedule has gotten extremely uncomfortably busy um, due to my my general life, uh, general things happening, and the time of year. Uh, so it has been very difficult oh, yeah. for me to do just about anything that I ever want to do at any point in time. Uh, if I looked back, if I told myself what my life is like right now, before I started FDNY, I think I wouldn't have gone. Like I literally, not that I'm even hating this right now, but, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if I could deal with, you know, I had to ease myself into being able to deal with this lack of free time. Do you ever think about... <laughs> Do you think about all the time you could be spending playing Path of Exile, but instead you're uh, schlepping through the burrows? I I mean I do think about it. I, I Path of Exile is a told as a whole other thing because that has that has been comically unfortunate for me to try and play. Um, just like logging in issues, logging in. I got on finally yesterday, thinking you know here's my time to get a little a couple hours with this game, and the servers were down, uh, stuff like that. So to do that maintenance. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but Smash Brothers, I, bring, I imagine you can get I bring Smash this Brothers. up because the Switch is always the hero here, right? Like the the Switch is I, I, I have to mention it every single time that we we talk about this, that we talk about a Switch game. Wow, you're getting your portrayal right now. Um, every, I have to mention it every single time we talk about a Switch game because I love the platform so much. And I I just love like nearly every single aspect of it. I, I love holding a Switch. I love playing a Switch. I love being able to play these bigger, more interesting experiences on the go in a way that you really never have been able to. Um, so more props to Switch, because if I don't do it every single time, I, I would yeah. be remiss. And it, and I haven't, you, you know, as I was expecting it to be a little different for me. I was, I was expecting myself to play the Switch in that way a lot more. I was expecting, uh, you know, that my train commute would be a lot of playing Switch. And when it first came out, it, it kind of was, but but it cut it, it kind of is. It, it is a little too big for me. It's a little cumbersome. I mean, it, my situation works out a little bit better. I'm in a, I'm in an ambulance. If you got downtime, you got downtime. You're not expected to be doing anything. And uh, if if you know, like especially if I'm like I've been on like rotations where I'm a third person on an ambulance, and I really am just waiting. Everyone's gonna read some protocol stuff, but you you have time and. It is easy to 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 get back to like lay back and and start getting some Switch games in to get some Smash. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I brought it with me even like to Hanukkah, but it stayed in my bag the whole time because I don't know. Like sometimes it's a little too much while the car is in motion. Yeah, if you're like driving down, and you absolutely cannot take that out at like a relative's house. Yeah, you look like a cheese because, baller. Like, I look like a goofus. I can't, yeah, you can't do it. goof it like that. But um, makes me miss when I was young. I used to be able to just. Yeah, you could do that without worrying because they're just like, oh, kids and they have, they have video games and you know smartphones but, and digitalis. Yeah, but nowadays it's like I, I go over there. I go over to the Hanukkah, and people, you know, they just want to they talk about Amazon in, in Long Island City. Yeah. How's how's your neighborhood gonna change when the old Amazon rolls in? Uh, you know, I don't think we should be giving uh, New York should be giving them a tax stuff, and then you get in, and then you're two steps away from Trump at that point. So you gotta you gotta yeah, watch. Where like all oh, that 
that Chris Christie, am I right? And I'm like, no, it's uh, it's the wrong place, cousin Bobby. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about bringing uh 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 Secret Hitler to Christmas, and I I, I it's weird because in our current political climate, I almost fear the concept of a of this game as as kind of innocuous as it is. Uh, uh, you know, it's really like literally. Oh, you mean like someone saying like, so, don't you think this is a little insensitive to the nazis yeah like like oh there's just like some sort of like you know there's liberals and then there's there's nazis what like the republicans are all nazis oh my god here's another you're just calling us nuts and it's like that's really not what's happening here but but i i can see how uh your party is so closely related to nazis that it does in fact seem like that yes but super smash brothers ultimate yeah let's actually You've had time to play it i've yeah. had time to play it uh, th- you know, this is a funny thing that they mentioned on the Bombcast, and I-, I think that maybe in the past both of you and I have been guilty of this, but apparently it is a very popular thing with the Super Smash Brothers series to buy this game every time it comes out, play it for about two hours, and then never touch it again. Okay, I can see why. You've experienced that, I've experienced that, Not not to that degree, but I know that the last time that Smash came out, Smash 4, uh, we didn't really get our feet very wet, right? No. But I got to say that I think this time around, I am a lot more interested in playing it. And I think it's because of all the single player content. There's, there's a lot of single player content. Um, and then I think that some of the slight rebalancing, making the game move a little bit faster... Uh, I think that the uh, the the stage scaling is a brilliant idea. So, like the the two player count scales the stages down to being like you know a two player viable stage without like moving craziness stuff. And I don't care about uh, Gaia Project style. Yeah, am I, I right? I don't I don't care about any of of that. Um, uh, I, I'll I'll still probably you know I, I I don't I don't think that it's that important to wade into the smash a fighting game argument. Um, but I, 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 I was, uh, I was watching a Rufomonger video and that he's a, What's uh, that? he is a, uh, DBZ fighters kind of, uh, like, you know, a personality where he makes a lot of videos related to that game and other fighting games. Now he kind of branched off with his popularity of DBZ fighters and he mentioned playing smash for the first time. And he said that, you know, I've never, ever played smash. And this is the first one that I'm trying to get in and I'm looking at it like a, hardcore fighting game player so i want to get into it like that and i want to you know actually think about you know improving myself i don't want to like i'm like he's not looking at it like a lot of uh other people would a lot of other like casual people like maybe myself as included uh with which like i want to play around a little bit have fun and uh you know i'm not looking to like you know read forums about uh tier lists or combos or you know frame data or anything like that um and I thought it was interesting seeing it uh, coming from his angle because he kind of quickly found out what I what I feel like. And he's like, you know, it's it's not important to say whether or not it's a fighting game, but it is important to say that like no other fighting game has a crossover with Smash. Like they're like he's like, I feel weird because every fighting game I play. Yeah. Uh, you can take so much of what you learn into yeah, other games. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. it, and with Smash. It just 
movement ledge uh hitting people like into the air and how they recover back uh just being a core totally mechanic like like you know combos working the way that they do the way that like you're like jumping in the air then pressing back to like get a certain attack out or like wave to, like there's so many aspects of the game that have no crossover so that's why i've always had that kind of argument that it's like it's a fighting game asterisk where the asterisk is like, well, you know, it's a fighting game in the way that like Mario Kart is a racing game. And that's not to say that it's sure. that level. It's not to say that like, oh, Mario Kart is a baby game that is like a, you know, constant gambling and like luck and stupid stuff. Uh, and that's what that's what I'm equating it to. I'm more equating it to the fact that like they you both you know drive something down a track but to say that they're anything the same is like kind of silly like you have to make it different things and i don't understand why the the smash community like i'm doing this again but the game the new game is here so let me do it again uh i don't understand why the smash community has such an issue with uh with like the labeling um because we don't like i don't think i look at music like oh you can't call this rock music and it's like no it's you know indie lo-fi like something and we and we they come up with all these extra labels to uh you know narrow down what this might be like so they can more accurately define things rather than just saying like this is rock sure. this is rap this is hip hop done because there's there's so many subgenres because that more helps you more accurately define it and i feel like if you say smash is a fighting game period that's insanity to me that's like you're you're wrong it's it's not a fighting game period street fighter is a fighting game period smash isn't Smashes of smashes like in the fighting game genre. But. Yeah, for sure. But it's not a fighting game because I, I and it really does come down to I think what you said before, transferable skills, right? Yeah, it's just that like you play it's interesting how you you really you play Blaze Blue, uh Street Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, you know, you play all these Mortal Kombat, uh you play anything that is like more of a traditional fighter. And you got good crossover. Even I would even say that there's stuff like saying there's anime fighters. Like you wouldn't necessarily oh, sure. like like GBZ fighters or Blaze Blue or Guilty Gear kind of fall into their own little subgenre that is outside of like the Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. And there's you got yeah, tech, the three D. Like I don't think anybody calls like a wrestling game a fighting game, right? It's, no. they're called wrestling games. Yeah, but it still has aspects of fighting games. Like maybe maybe the the umbrella genre is fighting games, and then it goes deeper down into like, well, it's wrestling, and that's you know you should expect that it has this kind of pace to it but and here we are having the is smash a fighting game discussion yeah and that's how you get into it because you're it's never gonna it's never not gonna happen it's never not this this conversation is never not gonna happen but um let's actually talk about smash what is what is something that like what is something that comes to mind immediately don't even don't even do the you know this is what we got what is something that like jumps to your head right away if I think about Smash Brothers, I think about World of Light, dude. That's what it is for me. I'm thinking about World of Light. I'm thinking about, actually, when I think about Smash Brothers right now, I'm thinking about unlocking characters. Yeah. And I That's don't a know slow if this process. is a, um, I like it. No, I, I do like it. I do like it. I mean, there's there's another kind of thing is like everything about Smash is, is interesting to me, uh, the way that Smashers see this, because 
in in regular fighting games, I don't really think that unlocking fighters is a strong thing because it's more of like a platform where you don't want to feel disadvantaged for not having a fighter or having to like go through a bunch of time unlocking things. But whereas Smash really does feel like it, it like it, the, the 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 massive roster and starting with an aggressively small number of I believe six fighters, um, I think it's cool to slowly slowly unlock the characters. It is pretty cool. Um, and for me also, like I, there are characters that I really want to be playing like right away. Like I really want to play King K rule for whatever I reason. I don't know. Girl, why. I just, I just, I just want to play. Oh, she's great. I just want to play King K rule though. Yeah. But I'm totally cool waiting because, uh, I don't know. I'm because I'm digging everyone I come across in world of light. You know, I'm slowly unlocking characters. I unlocked Lucario. Yeah, and then it's just been fun. really cool, like seeing. Well, what's he about? You know. Yeah, Lucario's fun. I got I got a Simon Belmont. Ooh, that's very cool. Yeah, that was a that was a addition. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting the new char- characters, ex- especially, and getting the characters that I already know I like. Um, but that's a long. It's like I said, like seventy plus roster, uh, and starting with six, you don't really get the unlocks that fast. Like maybe seriously, like maybe like one every forty minutes an hour. Um, like I'm not unlocking them rapidly. Uh, I feel like I could unlock them quicker by just like if you're doing anything in menus, it feels like you like go into options and like change the sound settings, and then you go out and it's like you're fighting Peach. And I I don't <laughs> I don't understand why they do that constantly, but um yeah I I, I would agree with you that that World of Light is definitely something that I think about right away when I think about uh this Smash game. Um, that it, it, you're, it is the single player component. You are on a map uh, that has different, you know, areas connected by lines, almost like a like a board game kind of thing, like Candyland shit. Ooh. Um, and uh, you are going between these, and they are fights that represent uh, characters in all basically connected universes uh, being put into uh, like evil clones of other characters and the fights are meant to and sometimes successfully um kind of use existing characters to portray uh these other spirits if that makes any and sense it's pretty so, cool yeah so, i mean one of my, I, I don't know have you seen any of them that you really liked because mm-hmm. there are so many of them so there is I'm trying to think of like I don't know if I... so so one that immediately pops out because I, I I've I've heard someone say it and I've also done this is that there is a fight that is a massive I believe King K rule that has tons of health and it's a stamina fight where you have very little time um, and the King K rule doesn't do anything it just st- sits there and basically you just have to wail on it and kill it and it's Snorlax is the spirit so Ooh. so that's kind of like what that's related to um. Uh, I think one of the ones that I think is one, one of the most interesting is that there is a fight with the boss from the, like the character, the boss from Metal Gear Solid uh, Snake Eater. And it, uh, she is portrayed by uh, Zero Suit Samus, who, you know, is probably the closest, you know, character wise to this character. And you're fighting on a small map that is covered in poison. Uh, so I, I think that's oh, an interesting. OK, yeah kind of thing there's uh, th- there's plenty of cool stuff there there was one that was uh me, the viruses from dr mario and yeah. it's there's the three viruses and there's like a red yellow and blue virus in like you know the dr mario imagery and uh there's tiny there's small sized kirby's that are red yellow and blue 
The one that I really like so far is, did you find Hello? I don't think I did. So there is a ridiculously hard legendary Ho-Oh that you could find. And it's this it's at the end of this fire dungeon. And there is just this massive Charizard who's constantly spitting fire. And it's it's really like pretty, pretty scary and super high level. And he's actually on a stage that is supposed to be continually summoning legendary Pokemon, but instead of summoning uh in a rotation, it just summons the Ho-Oh. And man, that is such a wild fight. It's one of the fights where you actually have to, like, gear up. Yeah. And, and, and you know, unlock things in, in like, in hopes of, of getting what you need to fight off this stuff. And I think that's really cool because it is, like, the sort of optional fight where you want to go back and you want to do it, but you know that it's, like, you have to treat it like an RPG where... You have to go out, you have to grind, you have to find the spirits that are going to help you do it. And and also, uh, he is takes extremely low damage from like fire and explosive attacks. So you might even need to learn specific characters who don't rely on those types of attacks. Yeah. Um, Pretty and, neat. And I, I, and I, like I guess we, we, we also thought. should explain the fact that like as you're fighting these spirits, uh, yeah, winning gets, gets you spirits and... Is. Uh, you have like a what like a lead spirit that is like governing you and giving you passives and then like sl- those lead spirits have slots for these like sub spirits and they give you other passives and stuff so you're slotting in stuff like you know poison resistance or there's some really cool concepts of like uh like big dick long q lets you start with a sword i think um like there there's so many there's even like stuff that i think is really intense that they coded into it like uh higher weapon damage like whenever you're using like a a whenever the character if you're using a character that uses like a sword or a whip rather than just like punching or or doing something like that like throwing projectiles um you deal extra damage so that's like an interesting thing to be able to have all this like massive like I, i i can't even think of what the number would be like for the roster of spirits it's probably in the like 700 range um but it is a ridiculous ridiculous roster of these spirits and they have kind of different things that they allow you to do that modify it and some of them are like very good for specific fights like you'll have stamina battles because the rules change uh in in the different spirit fights they're not just all these like stock matches um, but you'll have like a stamina battle and you can have spirits that raise your stamina. So they give you, you know, that little extra edge. Uh, so the, the way that it does also work, uh, then there's other concept of like your main spirit has like a power and a type value. And then there's a sort of, um, rock, paper, scissors there. So when you're fighting a spirit, you want to equip a spirit that, has that beats them on the type value that you also like their passives that has enough slots for you to be able to also get these extra the sub spirits in uh to be able to work out for the fight so there's a lot of considerations that go into that and uh it does feel like there is a a ton to unlock it's like almost a metroidvania ish game where where you are can you get up to these kind of points where you get into a like for example i got into the boss fight and the boss uh, is constantly, like, she's really aggressive, Zero Suit Samus, and then you're fighting on a tiny stage that is constantly having poison on it. So if you, so I had stuff that said, like, reduces poison damage, but that's not enough. It's yeah, like, like jury, got, like, jury, jury reduces your poison yeah, damage. Yeah, yeah, but I finally, I got a character that, that completely nullifies poison. 
Ooh. So, but it takes up three slots. So that so like these these are the kind of things you think about, and I think that the, that all of this is pretty cool. Um, it's satisfying moving around in that world for the most part and uh, getting the spirits and unlocking characters. Uh, I do think though that like I can't I, I I have to say that it's a little frustrating sometimes though, right? Like some of the some of the fights are just frustrating. Um, I don't know if they're just like more expecting you to have certain things rather than just like retrying it over again until you get it but some fights just seem like annoying they're just like intentionally annoying like there there's I, I was in this like one fight where uh with this like sword master where the 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 actual cpu is trying to fight me but is also kind of running away and then there's a a assist kind of what like what are those like assist trophy or whatever that is just on the field constantly and what if she's like a samurai that like runs up to you and then does like a like six obnoxious hit combo with like a big finisher. So you're so like she's like dashing around the field and like you're you can't even try and get to this other guy because this assist is so annoying. And I just find like that like some of the fights are just like obnoxious. I don't feel I feel like relieved that I'm done with it rather than like happy that I finished it or that I came up with a plan really like i don't i don't even know if i'm like always coming up with a plan i either have great stuff to be able to beat it or i just keep trying until i do beat it and then i usually feel frustrated yeah and i do have i have this spirit that just grants me this electric sun that just rotates around the field i don't know if you're familiar with this but essentially sometimes i'll throw that item out and then i'll win because it just does it all for me yeah I gotta get that for this assist game, this assist one that I'm talking about. But um, I think it's near the racetrack. If you've been there, it, the yeah, thing I've been that's to the crazy racetrack. is like, depending on where you like started out, it, it sounds like you're seeing totally different stuff than I'm seeing. Yeah, I, at the beginning you have the choice of going. Uh, it's a massive map. I, I mean, the in the in saying that there's like these 700 spirits should also give you an I, idea that this is like a ridiculously long mode, um, and. I, I at the beginning you choose between going like left up or right or I guess like north east or west and uh that probably makes a big difference I, I eventually so, so, kind of like circled back to one of the choices that I could have made um but that was after a really long time of playing so I I do think that where you make that original choice is gonna be a big deal and then I should also say that there are certain spirits that are uh usable on the outside world to do certain things so I got like a Kirby that has like a bomb and it allows me to like blow up big rocks uh i got these guys like i forget their name like kane barst and barst or something and they're like builders and they can fix broken uh uh bridges so whenever i come up to a broken bridge i can fix it but i i i'm coming up to a lot of things where it says like well if you had a you know an engineer you'd be able to ride this train or if you had uh someone else uh, if you had a a hacker you'd be able to get into this room but like there's tons of stuff where you need a specific spirit to literally progress yeah uh and that's definitely the case i remember i think the earliest one that i got was actually at that racetrack uh where you get like i don't know he didn't even look like someone who could drive but he could drive and and i i got that and then there are still some places where like i'm still looking for one who can uh swim or surf or something yeah. to get me across the lake. But it's it, it's kind of neat because, uh, like I said, a, a lot of people apparently uh, fall off of Super Smash Brothers after playing it for a bit. But this has kind of been like a fun carrot on the stick uh, to keep me playing this game. 
and and I dig that. I've actually also played a bit of the game online with friends. Uh, I've played locally with friends, and that's all well and good. I, I feel like the netcode is it's pretty bad. Uh, the people who I were playing with didn't notice it, so I don't know if I just have delicate sensibilities. Um, but even though this isn't like a quote-unquote fighting game, you definitely feel it when there's input. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and if it's it, it, the regardless of that quote-unquote kind of the, of the quote-unquote fighting game thing, uh, it's still a game where you need to like perfectly time a lot of things. And if you're perfectly timing a smash attack to land with a, a person who's like rolling, and at the end of their roll, you're gonna you're gonna hit them. And then like there's a like a, a frame drop, and then it like speeds up or something, and you like missed your chance, and then you get hit or something. Like that's that's heartbreaking. No one likes that. No. But the single player is good enough. It's serviceable. I. How wild is it that they announced Joker from Persona? I know 5? that's a crazy pick. I'm I'm gonna love the characters that they're gonna un- that they're gonna eventually unlock. It's no longer like Smash Brothers, like Nintendo's game. Like they're making it more into just a celebration of video games. You know what I mean? Like it is really it is really cool uh, that that we have games with. Uh, with all these different characters with some like really weird choices, just like Bayonetta and cloud and Simon Belmont and solid snake. Like this is it. That's insane. Like you can have an entirely non Nintendo cast from like all these different worlds to have Joker in it too. is just, it's buck wild. And, um, I was playing a little bit of, uh, uh, Mario Kart uh, eight, I believe, uh, with my, my, with my LTCP. Um, and, it's kind of cool to see Inklings everywhere. I think that's a really awesome IP, and they're 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 immediately they're, it's so creative. The the uh, Splatoon is is just such a such a creative game, and the the art and character designs are just so instantly memorable and uh, likable already. So it's it's cool yeah, did to you see play a character. Any Splatoon? Uh, I haven't. I kind of do want to because now I've been, I've been wanting to play Inkling Girl, and in uh, uh, that's what I've been playing in uh, Mario Kart. Wow. So uh, that, yeah. So that is kind of cool because I mean, I, I imagine that there are some people who don't like maybe the gameplay of Splatoon. I, I don't know who these people are, but but maybe like the idea or the aesthetic, and it's cool that Smash kind of brings all that stuff into one place. Uh, I, I'd like to see them get a. Get get the prince from Katamari in here next. Yeah, that'd be pretty inter- interesting. I mean, what's who's your, your hot take? We've yeah, been... who's your? We've been joking about who would come out for Smash. What is what is a character that now that I feel like Joker being in it is so cool to me, and that also kind of is like all bets off at this point. Is if they're gonna do a big DLC thing, they kind of have the Nintendo characters, right? So, and the last set of DLC was also very. Like it's like Ryu and uh, uh, Cloud and all these other characters. So in Bayonetta, so I do feel like the the whole DLC roster is going to be uh, third party. So I, I wonder. I, I'm trying to think. Like what like, is it going to be? I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be cheesy by saying Banjo Kazooie, but that would be one I would want to see. I actually do think that the Prince would be would be a good get from from Katamari. Is Guile in the game? He's not right. I thought I saw He's something not, about Guile he being is a in the trophy. Game. Okay, I mean Guile would be cool. Um, uh, let's see, Balrog would be cool. But I'm just now I'm just thinking in terms of that. I mean, if they got uh, Soul Calibur characters, maybe if they got um, 
uh Geralt <laughs> yeah I know I was thinking I was thinking Geralt is like he he worms his way into a lot nowadays so maybe maybe him um you know who I'd want hyper light drifter yeah that would be a good one maybe Solaire Solaire is a pretty memorable one right also they already had that Dark Souls and uh Super Mario Odyssey crossover so why not oh that would be so dope to have a a, a Dark Souls character right yeah it would um, be Solaire right I don't Who know. Else could it be? What if they could get a Bloodborne, a Hunter? What do you? Do? Why don't you just get Vicar Amelia? Oh man, that would be that would be dope. I, I think I, I think a Hunter would be perfect for this game. Also, a Monster Hunter Hunter is like I mean the that that seems choice, obvious, right? right? Like they already have Monster Hunter Capcom Marvelous Capcom Infinite wasn't even really that bad of a game, and Monster Hunter was an extremely cool creative character. So I and they have they have like Rathalos and stuff like that. They have Monster Hunter Illusions. It seems kind of insane not to have Monster Hunter at this point, right? It's it's the easy. It's probably one of the easiest characters to come up with a kit for, because it because the, the it's not what attacks you would pull. It's like what attacks wouldn't you pull? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's not hard yeah. to to imagine a kit. It's just hard to figure out like like we have ten thousand types of attacks. Which ones are we gonna use? Yeah. Did you see that they're, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but they did announce a Monster Hunter World expansion. Yeah, and I heard it was like massive too, right? Well, yeah, it's going to be like a G-rank size expansion. Okay, that's that's pretty interesting. I Monster Hunter I always feel bad about because I it's one of those games where I fell off of it and I was never doing anything other than loving it, so... It's, it, it sucks to fall off of a game where you don't even have a good excuse. Like, it, I, I if I can find the slightest excuse, like, I was up to this part and this is frustrating and bad game design, or, like, this part got grindy, I didn't want to grind it. Um, but when I was playing Monster Hunter, I was just loving it, and then other stuff just kind of took the reins. Well, maybe Iceborne will get you back. So, if, so far, they've announced one new area. I, I don't know if there will be more. Probably more. I imagine they'll get at least two areas. And then you've got a, a new quest rank, they call it. And obviously new and returning monsters. Okay. Um, so yeah. Anything else for Smash? Are you, are you... So you're digging it, though. At first, you said uh, that you didn't know if you liked uh, World of Light. What was your immediate take on it? Yeah, I still think it's kind of frustrating. I got to say that it's like some of the fights are just like it, it, when you lose, especially since like some of them just take a while. You're just like knocking an enemy off and they're they're high damage and then they float back and then they run away and you, you knock them off again and they kind of float back and they run away and you're just like doing this for a while and it can just be so annoying and some of the fights are like and, and, and then there's fights where you just start out and you're against like five enemies and I think it's like a it's like usually it's like I remember melee had those like uh those like special matches or whatever where they would uh, where almost kind of similar to this you'd go through like a list of like i think 41 missions um where every mission is like you know do this when they have a whole unique setup for how you do this fight fight three uh of the uh captain falcons on the captain falcon stage and all they do is spam the the uh, falcon punch um and that had plenty of annoying things where it was just uh, frustrating to do what they're asking you to do. And I feel like this also falls into that. It's like 
sometimes when they create these clever things in the Smash system, it's not fun when you have, like, multiple enemies and you're getting hit and, like, you can't move because you're getting hit. And then, like, you fall back into another enemy hitting you and then they, like, knock you off the stage and you're trying to get back. And there's, like, three enemies there, like, whiffing attacks and shit like that. Like, that just doesn't, like, I don't get a positive feeling from that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't been, I mean, I guess I knew what I was getting into with this game. I, I'm not too frustrated. It can be annoying, but I don't know. At the same time, I, I, I know that I'm just playing Smash, and uh, I don't know if that gives it a pass. But I guess for me, I don't find it too particularly obnoxious. It's a party game. Okay, so what else of a... Sometimes you party with yourself. Yeah, sometimes you got to party with yourself. Um, uh, I'll talk about Magic the Gathering quick. Sure. Uh, so I've been playing that every single day. That has been my... Magic the Gathering right now is my game that if I have any free time, it's the thing that I go to. Uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, okay. once again, free to play, download it. Uh, I, at this point, I would just say download it. Just give it a try because that game is phenomenal. It's unbelievably good. Uh, it, uh, there's so much that I have even learned, uh, since the last time I was talking about it on this podcast. Uh, the way it's set up in the beginning is that, uh, every day you play, you unlock a new deck and it gives you a whole set of, of 60 cards. Well, I guess like more like 30, um, or like 33, um, uh, cards and it, has a pre it's a pre-made deck with the whole concept behind it with like a whole thing of like this is a you know a control deck or a heal deck or a lifesteal deck or you know these are vampires or tokens and stuff like that or this is a ramp um aggro uh merfolk shamans uh stuff like that where uh that really just like sucked me in so much because i couldn't wait to see the next deck that was gonna be thrown my way and also because what a what an absolute of uh, of the many brilliant things this game does for people who are not initiated that are like you know magic lay peoples um th this is a uh, you know another really successful thing like they they give you so much like and and if you start out in another card game if you start at hearthstone you're not really starting out with much like you're starting out with like the skeleton of the basic deck but you can't really make anything out of that and you really need to start opening a lot of packs before you can make anything and then after that you need to start looking about what decks can you make and do you have the cards to make them do you have the crafting material to make them and if you make that deck then maybe you like it or you don't like it and you have to you know this is a whole process uh, but magic just gives you i think like like 20 decks and you're getting all the cards too so not only are you getting these pre-made decks that will teach you about magic that that also do away with the whole frustration of like that might be scary to a new player of like trying to look what's a good deck they just literally hand you here is a deck uh it is it is a you know pre-crafted well-made deck with a good concept behind it and uh, go play that and like you know see if you like that and you have all the cards so, too. So how does that differ? Uh, tell me about the differences between that and the way that like Hearthstone starts, because Hearthstone does give you decks, right? Does it? Well, yeah, for each class, right? I don't remember. Um, but but this is this is a lot of decks. This is they give you a deck for each color and then they give you a deck for each color combo. Okay. 
Um, and and it's also pulling on a massive set of cards. So really fascinating to see what kind of stuff they they think of. And I, I think from the core decks that they they give you, not only are these like the, these aren't even like they're they're really good decks. They're they're decks that that a, a good Magic player could pilot to win a tournament. They are these are like pretty phenomenal decks, and they can be. And a lot of these decks, uh, since every you're getting this whole deck but obviously you're getting the cards and you can customize the deck so what i also found myself really enjoying was playing the deck a little bit and then tweaking it to what i liked about it and i could imagine like that is a really fascinating thing because magic has such a huge library of cards that one person could see a deck and say uh what i like about this deck is the goblin synergy i'm going to put more goblins in it and then another person about this deck says well the goblins are really low cost i kind of want to use them as like you know i'm going to i'm going to put in a bunch of cards that are powerful but require sacrifices i'm going to sacrifice them with that or then there's one person that's like i want to make a deck that uh uses the like goblins to control the board and then i'm going to have a lot of magic spells uh, and the magic spells are going to be the main thing I do. And, like, I've seen that happen. It's really interesting to see that on ladder, um, that people take these decks, and you think what the, the, the core deck, but then they, you know, slot in, like, different cards or uh, tweak the amount of cards in it, you know? Like, the, the core deck, the, the uh, pre-made comes with one of these cards, and they put in another two, and now there's three of them in their deck and stuff like that. It's really interesting that how many cards they give you to start off and how just how friendly this game is with constantly giving you packs and... Uh, yeah. So, did you material? read any of the stuff that came out today about the about this game? And it's uh no, I didn't. Good. But I but I did get kicked off for a patch. So maybe you can tell me. So apparently there was a change that reduced the reward structure for constructed events by about ninety percent. Huh. So they saw this. They saw the community feedback, and they were like, "Oh, we made a mistake." And apparently they're going to resolve that in a later patch. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, and so, I, I haven't even gotten into the other stuff, like the drafting. And then when you when you click play, there's a massive list of of events to sign up for, like streamers or Hearst or uh, Magic personalities uh, run their own tournaments, and you can just sign up for a tournament, and they should be put down at the bottom of, like, a massive, like, 200-player tournament. Wow. Um, and then there's they have drafting. They have, like, a sealed format where... Uh, everyone gets like six packs and you know you open them up you pick a card you you pass it to the next player they pick a card and you keep you know trying to make a deck out of what you're getting so there's a there's a lot here there, there's a lot in this game and uh i i feel like i've just like fallen in love with some of the decks that that it's yeah. I, I there's so many they give you so many good pre-made decks that play so have differently you, have you bought packs um, no, but there is a welcome, uh, to the game thing. And that I did, I think it's $15 and it's like 10 packs and all these like 2,500 of these gems. Uh, probably one of the only, literally one of the only things I would complain about this entire game so far is that the welcome pack gives you 2,500 gems and to buy packs it's in denominations of 1,000. So you could either get the 2,000 where you get like 10 packs or the better deal for like 3,000 where you get like like 25 packs or something like that. Um, so, you have, so you'd have to spend money to get the better deal. Uh, that's so frustrating that's that like... Yeah, that's so frustrating that they like let you... The welcome pack is like... 
the welcome pack really does feel like if you're if you end up playing it every day for a week you'd be stupid not to get it, it it's it's 15 dollars, and the rewards are better quicker rewards than you're ever going to get in that game and uh it just felt like an, a very obvious easy buy uh with how much i'm loving it and uh yeah so they get you that way and then you get 2500 gems and then you're like yeah this isn't enough to buy 3000 but i don't want to pay two the 2000 gems and miss out on the extra decks i could get if i bought more um i was playing such a ridiculous i had some amazing games today where i was playing this uh black green uh token deck that makes all this fungus Is this available on mobile by the way is this piece i'm not only? sure i'm not sure um I was playing this this token deck with a uh, black green, and it might be my favorite of all the ones I've I've seen so far um, that that I've played, just because it has so many different unique synergies in the deck. Um, it has all these cards that that have like really bad costs, like sacrifice two of your minions. But if you're making tons of one ones, then that's not remotely bad. Um, and then uh, I there's just one card in it. That is, whenever one of your sap your your tokens dies, uh, you uh, it deals one damage to the enemy and you heal one life. And then there's another card that is, whenever any of your whenever any minion dies on the board, you deal one damage to the enemy. So you can imagine when you have like eight of these little things in play, and whenever they're dying, they're healing you for one and hurting them for one. And you also have your poison-tipped archer, who is also dealing one. That, like, all you're doing is is the enemy is, like, sending their en- their their big minions, minions at you, and you're just blocking with, like, a shitty 1-1 that dies right away and then just, like, heals you a little bit and hurts them a little bit, and you're just this frustrating wall of fungus. Yeah. Um, remind me, do... In in magic, do uh, creatures retain damage dealt to them? They don't. They, they do don't, not. Right? Because because I, you think about that from a physical game, uh, and that would be cumbersome, right? Because I mean, Keyforge does it. Tokens. Yeah, and it is, and it's cumbersome. Right? Yeah. So I mean, magic doesn't. Yeah, magic creatures either die that turn or they don't. They 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 full heal to their their full stats at the end of the turn. I like that enough. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things about magic going back to it is like, you know, the whole the it, the uh, attacking and defense system of magic is really brilliant. It's weird to see that uh, uh, other games have gotten away with it. I think it's because the most of the games are online and it uh, it felt like it would be too many res- resolution checks. But um, basically, attackers just decide that they're going to attack with their characters. They don't decide whether or not they're going to hit face or anything like that. Um, and it's up to the, the defender to allocate targets to, to defend the attack. So they can decide yes. to let them go and hit the face if they don't want to lose anything, or they can, you know, choose a big creature to attack and they get to choose like what their best options are, which leads to this other really complicated aspect of magic, which is deciding which creatures will attack, which is like knowing that the enemy's creatures are going to heal up. You don't want to just give them a yeah. scenario where mm-hmm. they perfectly align all your creatures so that all your creatures die to the defense and you have to cue all your you have to declare all your attacks at once is that correct yeah you can't say oh this guy's going to attack and then they block it and say well now this guy's going to attack all at once yeah you declare it all at once they block it but then because it's magic the 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 game is like 
you got to respect like and and how smoothly the the game runs. I understand why this was such a challenge or why Hearthstone moved away from this because every aspect of magic is like you choose those they you're, you they you choose attackers, the defender is choosing defenders. And now also if you have like mana or there's other abilities, sometimes you can be choosing like, well, you chose that, but now I'm going to buff this creature or kill this creature and do all the other things and the offender the defender has to yeah. resolve the fact that you did that. And then yeah, like it's kind of cumbersome. And, and so tell me, in this game, do you get roped? Uh there is roped. There is roping. But it never it's never as much of a problem as you think and the the like resolving find that also so uh roping is when someone essentially wastes your time in a game where they just let it linger let the time run out so that you uh you get frustrated yeah um literally comes from the term that in uh, from hearthstone where a rope uh that is burning like a fuse is lit and it's slowly going across the board showing when the turn is going to end forcefully whether or not the person wants it to end or not this uh uh, magic also has a timer uh so that people are taking way too long to do something it starts timing them out um and uh i don't think that i'm surprised that it's not as that it's really not that big of a deal and also the game is smart about uh instantly resolving uh aspects of the like you know checklist if it if they would resolve no matter what so for example like simple example uh turn one you play a land and you have no creatures so they don't ask you like okay do you want to go into your attacking phase okay do you want to choose attackers okay so does the defender wants to block like when there's no when there's only one choice or there's like no options uh but to do one thing then the game automatically chooses it and that's in all cases so like if there's a choice of like you know target uh, creature like enemy creature and there's only one enemy creature, then it resolves all that like instantly that it can that it can. So the game tries to speed things up when it can. It all never right. like it, it's it's easy to talk about how there you get into situations where you have to resolve like whether or not something's gonna happen, but it it really isn't as cumbersome or you know obnoxious as it as it might sound because it kind of all happens pretty quickly. It's a good system. They've done a good thing here. But that's magic. I don't want to talk too much about more about it. Betrayal. So that's so that's what you've been spending your free time doing, and you've been doing so in neglection of what is the best Path of Exile uh, the best Path of Exile patch that has ever been released in the time that we've been playing. Uh, Prove it. So Path, Path of Exile uh, recently released its 3.5 expansion expansion is challenging because it's not the word that they use uh essentially they they consider the expansions to be at a 3.0 uh 4.0 but but this one is a pretty massive patch because what it did is it just made the game so much smoother to play so one of the worst things in path of exile was uh Path of Exile, one way to think about it is Path of Exile has been growing for years and years. And every three months, they release new content uh, with their leagues. And sometimes the leagues stick around. So one of the oldest uh, leagues was Forsaken Masters. And Forsaken Masters was essentially you'd go around the world and you would meet these NPCs who would require you to do some quest. And if you did it, uh, they gave you some experience and you leveled them up. 
by leveling them up, you enabled them to craft for you. And this was a really big deal. Crafting was became such a huge part of the game, but as the game grew, uh, they couldn't get rid of these masters so easily because the masters were tied to crafting. But the masters' missions sucked. There would be escort missions. There would be missions where you need to... There, there was a mission that was don't kill the, get this guy low and don't kill him. And, and sometimes that's just impossible depending on what your build is. There's things where you're just like walking back and forth, backtracking through the map. Uh, Katarina was my least favorite. You had to literally, to, you yeah, had to find escort. skeletons, resurrect these weak skeletons, and then walk backwards to go find Katarina again when you had the correct so, amount of skeletons. It was a huge time it was, waster. So annoying, but it was a necessary evil because crafting is such a major part of the game. So with this expansion, so so one thing that's kind of interesting is throughout the last several expansions, they've been introducing one by one new NPCs. In Delve, they introduced Nico, the miner. In uh, Bestiary, they introduced Einhar, the beast master. Everyone's favorite, and, stupid beast. And in uh, Incursion, they introduced Alva, the Master Explorer. And in a way, I thought it was kind of funny because I, I kept thinking to myself, man, it is really strange how each expansion, it's just about this one person. Then they released Betrayal, and Betrayal is just about June, the Veiled Master. And essentially what they said is, yeah, so by the way, we're doing a total rehaul of Masters. We're getting rid of all the old Master missions, we're getting rid of master crafting. The new masters are going to be Nico, Einhar, Alva, and June. And that's amazing because they're tied to really popular, uh, really likable uh, old league mechanics that feel fresh, that feel new, that you are excited when you see them in the map. You're excited when you see beasts in your map or when you see sulfite or when you see an incursion. Uh, and that's been really awesome, but more awesome is how they've handled crafting. So now, uh, instead of having the different crafting abilities tied to masters, as you go through the game and explore new parts of the map and new worlds, essentially, you are learning and discovering crafting recipes in certain places. So if you go and you delve, you're going to be rewarded with uh, the recipes that grant you more sockets on your items or more links on your items. If you start mapping, depending on which maps you go to, maybe you'll start finding the damage mods or the crit mods or the health mods and doing other specific things in the game, like going to Edziri for the first time, uh, fighting the Pale Council. Each of these things that you do is going to reward you with new crafting recipes. Tell me that's not the best way of doing this. Yeah, it's a fantastic way of doing that. No so no more leveling masters. When If you do level masters, what you're getting out of them is you're actually getting uh, more decorations. Yeah, it's just, so just do the big up, stuff you were going to do anyway and then get as, the recipes for it rather than just like grinding out masters. Yeah, and as you grind up uh, Einhar, June, Alva, and uh, Nico and Zana, what you're getting is you're getting new decorations for your hideout, which they've completely revamped also. So it used to be, your hideout used to be this thing that you had to rebuild every league, which was such a bummer. Because your hideout, it, it's it's so many different things. It's your it's essentially 
it's where you hang out in Endgame. You like go to your hideout. It's like warm and cozy. It's like your home, right? It's your secret lair. But it's also your trophy case of all of the things that you've done in past leagues because decorations are something that you get for participating in races and there's something that you get for uh, completing challenges in the leagues. You get you build up your totem. And also you get you get new decorations by spending a favor that you've accrued with your masters. So it used to be that these decorations were tied to specific uh, old masters. So Haku had a beach hideout and Katarina had like this graveyard hideout. And that's not how they do it anymore, man. Now what they do is they hide the hideouts throughout the game. So as you're going through, let's say, the Imperial Gardens, if you explore that one corner off in the distance, you'll see a little hideout icon. You go in there, you clear the monsters out, and now you've got the Imperial Gardens hideout. Some of the hideouts are hidden, you know, well far away in the highest tier maps. So only some players will will have access to those. And it's so cool because the hideouts are something that you're you're seeing other players hideouts all the time because you're you're going to other players hideouts to trade. So it is really awesome that now you're going to them and you're seeing, "Well, where did this hideout come from? Look at their decorations." I got it on the moon. Because because now it used to be that hideouts were something you would have to build up every league. As you leveled up your masters, they would get bigger and bigger. Now hideouts are as big as they are. You could put all the masters in them and you can import and export the decorations. So now if you go through the trouble of building like this really sexy hideout, you're going to have that forever. You're going to have that across all of your leagues, which you should, because it is sort of the, you know, it, it's your trophy case. Yeah, it should. It, I, I think it's brilliant because it, it should be the one thing that it should be the one thing that like every league, no matter what you're, you know, where you at, you are at in the league, someone goes to it and says this and you could show them like this is what I've done. So with this revamp system, you know, they revamped the way that Zana works also because Zana used to work. Uh, you'd have to level her up. And as you leveled her up, it would release uh, essentially new modifiers that you could apply to your maps in the late game. So maps are endgame dungeons. Uh, in Path of Exile, the dungeons are craftable. So you have a map, you can upgrade it, you can make it more dangerous, and in doing so, make it more valuable. Zana is the master cartographer. Essentially, she changes and manipulates the way that you interact with your maps by adding new modifiers to them. And it used to be that by that the only way to access the best Zana stuff was to level her up. And the way that you would level her up is that you would get into parties and rotate your daily Zana missions uh, with other players. And it was really, really lame. It was really boring. So they changed that. Now all of your Zana mods are tied to how far you make it into her quest line. And her quest line is pretty much go forth and explore the explore the atlas explore the maps in late game and level up your zana get access to cooler stuff and proceed so way better system way smoother she has modifications uh the best modification she offers is that you can put a map into the system and for one chaos you will get an alternate map of the same tier so this is really massive because uh essentially there were all these different dungeons you want to do all of them but one of the most cumbersome things is you don't want to go out and trade for the 160 different maps. So now 
Zana will just randomly re-roll one of your maps so that you have access to new stuff that you haven't done before. And that's so smart. It's so good. And it's crazy that all of this stuff, all of the stuff in the 3.5 patch doesn't even account for the new system introduced in Betrayal, the new league. Yeah, which so is... That's, that is a whole other story. So Betrayal is essentially the nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor put into uh, Path of Exile. So essentially what it is, is that there is now this, uh, this immortal syndicate. They've acquired this uh, device that allows them to live forever. Uh, they've actually stolen this device from from June Ortai's clan. So now June has, you know, sort of come to Ray Class to enlist the help of the exiles to get this immortality device back. So what you're doing is as you go through the, you know, through the story and through maps, you are encountering the syndicate. And you can encounter them in a number of different ways. They'll be guarding fortresses. They'll be transporting items. They'll be uh, maintaining research labs. And sometimes they'll just be ganking you. So they'll just pop out of a portal and kill you while you're in the middle of fighting a boss. Real great mechanic, guys. Uh, and essentially there are, like I, I think, 20 or so... There are 20 or so different... Uh, masters in the syndicate and these are actually the old forsaken masters so now you actually get the chance to like kick vegan's ass again uh you know beat up leo beat up haku uh and as you do so you are gaining inf insight into the different branches of the syndicate so the different branches are essentially what they represent so those fortresses are part of fortification when you see them transporting goods it's part of the transportation line of the syndicate so as you kill them you're gaining more information on them but what you're also doing is you're ranking up those members of the syndicate and each member of the syndicate in the different lines so in so let's say you have torah in transportation she's going to give you a unique reward when you invade the transportation hideout but if you had trans uh, Torah in fortification, it would actually give you different rewards. So essentially, you are deciding your rewards by moving, essentially moving the different characters around through the syndicate by beating them and then selecting different options. So sometimes you'll be able to bargain with them and they'll drop more items. Sometimes you'll be able to uh, betray them. And that'll essentially pit one syndicate member against another, which will give you unique rewards. Uh, then there's executing. So one of the things that's interesting is that this is the immortal syndicate. So when you execute them, instead of like bargaining with them, the syndicate sees that as like, oh, this person was loyal up until death. So when you execute someone, they actually resurrect them and they resurrect them at a higher rank. So essentially you're ranking them up, which means as you might guess, better rewards when you invade later. So essentially the syndicate or and the betrayal league in total is this sort of puzzle of, hey, what kind of loot do you want to get? So in that way, it's kind of similar to Incursion. And it's pretty cool. Uh, it's very rippy. I think that it's really easy to die and that can be a little, a little wild. And also you're fighting like, you're familiar with rogue exiles. Yeah. Uh, so essentially you're fighting uh, up to like three rogue exiles who those are essentially are like a those alone power. can kill me sometimes. 
And now you're fighting like three of them at once. Uh, so it can get pretty harsh. Fortunately, this league, I've decided to just um, go with Blade Vortex Elementalist, which has been, uh, you know, everyone thought that Blade Vortex Elementalist was going to get uh, nerfed, and it didn't. So I decided, hey, I've never played that. Uh, may as well do it now. So that's what I've been playing. Yeah, I haven't gotten far enough to see if my thing is good, but I think it's bad. I haven't, I, I was looking at a, I picked one of the, I, I picked a build based off of one of the new skills, uh, this like impaling skill where you like throw dagger, like Lancing these like, steel. Lance, yeah. Um, these huge Mathel lance. played it. What? Mathel played it. Um, but I, uh, I recently saw something that said like no melee skills are good. They are not wrong. So there are still definitely some things that need to... That's like one of the biggest problems is like, as much as I love Path of Exile, it's impossible to balance this, so I don't even take this away from them. But it does feel like uh, unfortunate that there's so like, much yeah. to do and then so What they much... do is they just shift the meta. That's the best they can do is they constantly just change things. I So my I, I got it right about Forsaken Masters, right? I knew they were off the table and they would be reintroducing new league mechanics. I guarantee you that next patch is a major combat rework. And in this combat rework, they will be tackling two things primarily. And this is my prediction. Number one, they're going to make melee a lot more viable, a lot more viable. Specifically, they're going to make two-handers more viable. Second, they are going to improve the efficacy of self-casting spells. So for those not in the Path of Exile, no. Uh, there are different ways that you can cast spells, such as you could put a spell into a totem and have it cast it. You could throw your spell in a trap. You can put your spell in a mine. And those are all much, much stronger than just shooting the power out of your hands. My prediction for next league, melee becomes better, especially two-handers, and self-casting becomes better. Mm-hmm. That could be. But that does but that does not take away from the fact that this is a good league worth playing and that there are plenty of viable options that are playable and also at the level that you know you and I play at uh I don't think that we are deeply affected by imbalances. Probably in not. Probably not. I feel like I could probably take this build all the way to the top and then not and, really and, notice yeah. the major issues. Because another thing is like uh you can, regardless, in Path of Exile, there is, you are limitless in your ability to get stronger and stronger. And sometimes there will be an item that will just totally change everything for you. And you'll just become so insanely strong off of getting one item. And, and sometimes they'll just turn on a build. And, and maybe you end up getting some crazy item that totally defines everything and makes melee viable up until the end game. It can totally happen. And in fact, for all of the people who are talking about how non-viable melee is, nobody is talking about how absolutely ridiculous and insane the new crafting system is for melee weapons. Really, really, really strong. Super easy to craft. Very, very powerful. Extremely viable. 400 DPS one-hand weapons for like no money at all. For like... Okay, for some money. I would say that for maybe like a handful of Exalted Orbs, you could craft in this league weapons that are stronger than anything you've ever seen with no randomness involved, no luck involved. Get the crafting recipes, make the items, or Exalted Orbs stronger than anything you've ever seen. Well, good. 
And that's Path of Exile, baby. It is the best it's ever been. I almost feel like that could be what's the deal with games. You don't want to hear about my Gaia project? That's fine. Hopefully y'all have some Gaia project of your own in the future. Yeah, it's getting late for me. And I I do want to play a little bit of Path because I've been starved for it and you're just making me want to play it. Making you hungry? Just thinking about like, ooh, what if I do get that item drop he's talking about? Yeah, I'm morally just thinking about like, I'm going to look for new builds. I'm going to play Ark. You should play Winter Orb. I should play Winter Orb. Winter Orb. Get into that Winter Orb. I should. So go with that. Okay. Uh, This has been... If you're going to play Ark, by the way, play Ark Mines. Ark Mines are absolutely insane. I'm going to do... You uh, will... Should I Arc do Ark Mines will get you to two maps in like five hours. They're so strong. Hmm. And then I, you can I, I was transition thinking that's, to something yeah, every, else. I, I saw that everyone was Ark, Saboteur, Mines. If you haven't played Ark Mines, it's more smooth than it's ever been because they made Detonate Mines a uh, instant cast. All right. Big deal. Uh, so and this that's not been expensive either because Tremor Rod's really cheap, right? Oh, it's super cheap. It doesn't cost spells in general. The thing that makes spells good, the reason why everyone levels spells first is because spells don't scale off items. Spells typically just scale off of spell level. So it's really easy to level as opposed to if you're playing uh, melee, um, the speed at which you level is determined by can you get a good weapon? Yeah. Anyway, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Is so that right? <laughs> now that smashes out, what do we do? oh man i don't know uh but this has been the deal with games ryan uh you can find us online at wtdgpodcast.com on twitter at sign wtdgpodcast what's the deal with games where you can rate comment and subscribe show thank you ryan gallery and crying for the use of music we use the intro and outro revive off the new album beyond fleeting gales you can find them at the rub for cover band camp and i guess this time we really just don't have it yet right can't wait to see those Smash Bros. DLC characters. I know. But we'll save that till next what if, time. What if we were right? About what? Which one? About about some of them. I don't know. What if we look back on them and we're like, oh shit, we got it right. It really was uh it really was the terraces. It really was the um pagodas from Yellow and Yangtze. That would be wild. Oh come on, that would be like insanely like, wild doesn't even begin to describe if if That'd the wild, pagodas right? from, from Yellow and Yangtze got into Smash Brothers. Well, the piranha plant is in, so if they could find something for him to do, I'm sure they could find something for the pagodas from Yellow and Yanks. Okay, James. We just don't have it yet. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, James. Again. Goodbye. Goodbye.